Okay, 12-pack radio listeners. I'm, I'm really excited. Like, two of my favorite people are on this podcast right now for two of my favorite teams, the, the Utah Utes and the Washington Huskies. We have Alex the Law Dog coming from the Dog Pod. What's going on, Alex? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And Cameron Livingston from the Utah, Utah Man Podcast. What's going on? Howdy, howdy. What's going on? This is the premier game of the week in the Pac-12. Washington, the Huskies, come off a, uh, a just a, a punch in the mouth of North Dakota State, you know, Tech or wh- whoever you guys played. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you guys are playing. Yeah, whatever North team. Dakota, but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> like 45 to zero or whatever. Um, but uh, clearly this Washington team is quite good and they're on the road at Utah. They are a six point favorite. And basically what we wanted to do is uh, the Utah Man podcast and the Dog Pod are par- a part of our, our podcast network so both of you guys are on itunes and tune in radio we should talk about that first so uh cameron so where can people find the utah man podcast which is excellent by the way yeah thanks um anywhere you can find a podcast itunes stitcher google play spotify we're all there and our home utahmanpodcast.com right on and alex where can people find the dog pod well yeah we, we're available on uh, itunes uh, android you know all of that um and we're at dog pod d-a-w-g-p-o-d on twitter yeah and cameron needles us all the time at wildcat radio so uh you can find them at, at utah man podcast <laughs> definitely follow them on twitter you have a heck of a following i think this is this is going to be a fun podcast because both utah and washington have excellent followings in terms of college football fandom in the pac-12 and uh i'm not gonna lie guys i i took the i took utah in the points because uh, <laughs> i just think that this is such a big game for utah um and let me ask you this first uh alex are you worried Whoa. Oh, definitely. I mean, this is uh, not a gimme. I think if you look at the last two seasons, uh, I think Utah has probably played Washington tougher than, than anyone in the conference, certainly. Um, and uh, we've, we've won a couple of squeakers that went to overtime two years ago in Salt Lake city. And then last year's Kyle Whittingham kind of boner at the end there that, uh, that let us sneak through the back door and win that one. So yeah, this is definitely a huge game and, and I think it's probably not getting the attention it deserves. No, no, not at all. I think these are two excellent defenses. We'll get into the Utah secondary and I think probably the two best secondaries in the back 12 this year, the, the Washington and Utah Cameron, how confident are you that you're going to win this game by 30 points? Oh, I mean, you have to be confident, right? <laughs> Especially after that game against Northern Illinois. Oh, my God. Who wouldn't pick Utah by 30? Okay, okay, let's just stop real fast. What What the <laughs> heck was that? Uh, obviously, the team didn't want to be there. The fans didn't want to be there. And frankly, it's kind of a winning hand team MO where they play to the level of their competition. And you'll see... One week where they struggle and look kind of slow against a team like SUU or Northern Illinois, and then the next week play a an Oregon or a Washington or USC and, and battle to them right towards the end. It's it's something I know that drives a lot of fans crazy here. Now, my understanding is that Utah hasn't played particularly well in big games at home. Is that is that a misconception? And like, how does that play into Washington coming? This got to be one of the biggest games that you've had in a while, right? Oh, I mean, it's it's humongous. I mean, even in the off season, um, talking to the players, uh, linebacker Chase Hansen, I asked him, you know, what game is he looking forward to this season? And the first one out of his mouth was Washington. Uh, especially, you know, Alex said kind of the the boner move by Winningham with 
with the timeouts at the end. And don't worry, Utah fans still talk about that. They're still pissed about it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the team's looking forward to this game. They have been all season wanting to make up for what happened last year in Seattle. And, yeah, I, I think big games in the Pac-12 have, have kind of slipped through their fingers towards the end. I, there's only been uh, one or two, maybe. You know, I think you have to go back to USC a couple of years ago when they, when they kind of won right at the end. Alex, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited is the Washington fan base to go to Salt Lake City? <laughs> Alex, be well, kind. You know, <laughs> you know, it's beautiful, I, I by the way. I personally love Salt Lake City. Yeah. I personally love Salt Lake City. But uh, I do have to say, you know, we've played a lot of these big games over the years, like Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State. And there, you know, a lot of fans travel to Atlanta. I think Salt Lake City is probably not going to be super high on the travel list for the road dogs. So I, I wouldn't expect too strong of a showing from the road fans this weekend. <laughs> and Cameron, how excited do you have a bunch of, you know, kelp saving hippies coming into to Salt Lake City to uh, to uh, mess with mess with the vibe? Hey, hey, everyone's welcome, I guess. As long as Utah wins, they're all welcome, right? (laughs) No, absolutely. All right, let's get into this because I do think the matchups are quite interesting. I think this all starts with Jake Browning, uh, if you're a Washington fan. So, Alex, uh, Jake had an okay game against Auburn, uh, certainly turned it up against North Dakota. But, um, you know, the biggest criticism in the Pac-12 from everybody, I think, uh, is the fact that I guess everybody but Washington fans that really do like Browning, I think there are some really good things to like from Browning. Uh, and when we previewed Washington on 12-pack radio, we had talked about Browning needing to make that step rather than you know throwing the eight-yard pass when you need 12 uh, to be able to go for that big play. Have you seen him uh, be able to step up and make those passes this year? Because that's going to, I think that's going to be a big uh, step forward if Washington is going to win the Pac-12 North. Yeah, I think uh, the yards, kind of what we talked about on 12-pack radio earlier in the year, right, is is Browning just kind of nibbling around the edges or is he going for it down the field? Right. And I don't think that I've really seen that uh, so far in the first two weeks of the season and his yards per attempt are at 8.83. So nothing, you know, dramatically different from his career averages and, and a couple of really boneheaded interceptions, which is very uncharacteristic of him. And actually, if you listen closely to the fan base these days, you'll actually hear some of the fans calling for his head and they want to see the backup. Uh, who went seven for seven for 110 yards oh, that's in never the fourth good. quarter last week against <laughs> North Dakota. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I think there is that frustration, that sense of frustration that's still kind of bubbling there. So, yeah, I think this is a really, this is an opportunity for him to, to do it against a good defense and, and see what he can do. And I, I'm, I am anxious to see if he's, if he's gained and improved on that. Cameron, one of the things that we had talked about with Utah was um, when you think Utah, you think trench play, you think offensive line, you think defensive line. I had some questions about this defensive line this year because you lost so many really talented players and you have to rely on the development from Whittingham and company. And for the most part, he's pulled through on the offensive line. I would argue that he hasn't. We'll get to that, uh, you know, a little bit no, later. We don't, we don't need to talk about the offensive line. <laughs> oh, no, that could be really bad. <laughs> uh, but do you think that this defensive line will be able to pressure and, and put Browning in positions that where he will make those mistakes? 
Well, I think they have to, right? And and Alex, maybe you can can kind of speak to that. But I think to kind of get Browning in, into bad situations, you got to put pressure on him. Uh, just from an outsider's perspective, I don't. He's not a great runner. I mean, he can run, but I don't think he's the most elite runner. And and so I think that's got to be key to stopping Washington's you know, kind of high power, high profile offense is to get Browning kind of moving around, make him uncomfortable, kind of something I think Auburn did a real, get a really good job at, um, you know, Utah right now is leading the, the country in pass defense with, with, uh, passing yards allow, allowed about 62 yards a game. Uh, granted their games are against Weber state and Northern Illinois. So not, you know, the most high profile names out there as far as college, um, offense football goes, uh, but it will be interesting to see if really if 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 that sixty two yards a game while probably won 't last the entire year it, it will be interesting to see how well um, the defense can kind of keep that passing yardage down throughout throughout the season yeah, I, I, oh, I, yeah, I, I wanted to Sorry. jump in there too I, I agree with everything you said, Cameron, about browning. I think it 's essential to kind of get him moving and get him uncomfortable. So I, I, that's something I'm going to be watching for as well. And I kind of want to talk about the teeth of this secondary uh, and feel free to jump in guys. So that was great. Like definitely do that. <laughs> uh, Utah has some really strong players in that secondary. We were looking at, you know, when we previewed Utah and our completely uncalled for pac 12 preview, I kind of took a step back and went, Oh crap. Like this is a really, really good secondary. And I did not anticipate that. Who are some players that uh, Washington fans are going to need to look out for Cameron when they're looking at uh, the players that are defending that pass attack? Um, I mean, to start off with, I mean, Julian Blackman, uh, starting corner has really potential to be all first team Pac-12 uh, lockdown defender. R- really, he hasn't really been challenged in the first two games. Uh, quarterbacks are completely avoiding him. So, so Julian Blackman's going to be a name um, and, and a guy that I think a lot of Pac-12 teams are going to be hearing about this season. How about that? Those uh, safeties you got back there, uh, Corian Ballard and, and Marquise Blair. Again, you know, guys that last year were question marks, um, being kind of newer guys in the program, not not a not a lot of you know name recognition. But I think over the course of the year, people are starting to to notice that. And I and I think you know between Ballard, Blair, uh, uh, Blackman, and then Jalen Johnson, the other corner. I mean, those. I mean, that's essentially why Utah's only allowing 62 yards through the air so far. Yeah, and those guys hit real hard. Um, you know, one of the questions that I had for Washington, Alex, was the wide receivers. Um, you know, we saw what Brownie can do when he had John Ross. He's gone, and then you lost uh, Pettis last year. What, what do you have here in this wide receiving core? Well, I think that's actually been one of the bright spots of the first two games of the season for Washington, because you're right. Everybody was asking themselves who is going to catch these passes from Browning. Right. And uh, Aaron Fuller, who's a junior, who's kind of been banged up or buried on the depth chart a little bit has really emerged this season. And uh, he's actually leading the team in receptions uh, and yardage and had a monster game uh, against Auburn over 100 yards against a pretty good secondary there. So so they've definitely had some guys emerge, which is what they needed to happen to have an effective passing game this season. So I'm, 
I'm anxious to see them against a, a talented secondary in uh, in Utah. Okay. Well, let's flip this on its head. Let's talk about Utah's uh, quarterback. Tyler Huntley comes in, highly touted, has shown some flashes, that's for certain. And, and this, uh, Kander, I'm not going to lie, this reminds me of last year where he has a really good game, the Utah fan base goes really nuts, and then he, he just lays a stinker. And that's exactly what happened with Northern Illinois. It just seems like he hasn't figured it out yet because you can just see the talent, like it's dripping from him. But if, what what... I'm trying to think of like the right word for this. Uh, optimistic of him figuring it out against one of the best secondaries in the Pac-12 here. It's hard to tell, right? I honestly think a lot of Huntley's maybe inconsistency and 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 whatnot really starts up front with the offensive line. When he's comfortable and can go through his progression, he he can be a, a very dynamite player. But when the offensive line has been as poor as they have been so far this year, he kind of gets a little razzled and maybe forces things a little bit. Um, you know, maybe it throws off it, you know, his back foot a little too much. And so really, I think with, with Huntley, he has to be comfortable um, back there. And and really, I think this season, he's not running as much as he has, I think. He's really trying to prove that he is a pocket passer. Um, Brian, I think you kind of experienced that with Tate. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> but it's who funny, you are, though, man. right? <laughs> all, the, all, the whole offseason, everyone was, was crying, Huntley runs too much, he's going to get hurt, he runs too much, he's going to get hurt. And now the first two games, everyone's saying, why isn't he running, why isn't he running? <laughs> yep. So I think really... It, to look at the problems and the issues with this offense, especially Tyler Huntley, you got to start with, with the guys up front. All right, Alex. So you hear that this Utah offensive line isn't what it's, it's been in the past. You lose Vita Vea though. Do you have the, the dogs up front that can really make him uncomfortable in that pocket? Well, that's going to be a good question. Um, Greg Gaines is, I think, off to a good start. Um, he was kind of the returning stud up front there, the big 300-pound, you know, tackle, nose tackle type of guy. I think when we talked on 12-pack radio, I, we were kind of looking at Levi Onwuzarike as mm-hmm. the big pass rush threat. Um, that's actually kind of turned into a redshirt freshman by the name of Ariel Nagata. He's uh, been the guy who's really emerged, and he was on the field uh, on the in the fourth quarter against Auburn. So they clearly have uh, started to trust him in that pass rush role. So I think fans are now looking to him as the guy to kind of lead the pass rushing. But uh, but to just be honest, I mean, the pass rush just wasn't where it needed to be even against North Dakota last week. So I think that's definitely a serious question mark the Huskies have. Oh, okay. That's interesting because, you know, you look at you – know, you play Auburn and you look at that Auburn defensive line you go – all right, like you, you got to push. I thought Washington played really well, you know, all things considered, the talent that they were playing against. But the fact that they weren't really putting the pressure on North Dakota, I think that uh, raises some flags. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can stop this running attack from uh, from Utah. Can you kind of just describe what makes Zach Moss so special, uh, Cameron? He's just powerful, right? When he can just get full steam and just run guys over that's his game when he tries to dance around and kind of look cute 
that's when he gets stopped. Um, and I think he kind of figured that out last year, kind of halfway through the year, just how powerful he was. Uh, you know, he, he might not be the fastest running back in the league, um, but I think pound for pound, he might be the strongest running back in the league. And, and I think he's kind of figuring that out and using that strength um, to kind of carry his, his rushing game. He is quite good. And so is the linebacking core of Washington. You got some freaking nasty guys back there. And when you look at what uh, Washington has done, in the past i want to say that you guys allowed like 3.2 yards or 2.8 yards a carry last year is one of the best uh run defenses in the country uh can you kind of walk through this linebacking core and and some of the players to look out for one of my favorite things to watch by the way is like an inside linebacker that's so disgustingly nasty and just run around and just douche people all day like it is so fun it's one of the like highlights of college football because oftentimes they're so much bigger and faster than everybody and i think you got a couple of those guys yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of those huge numbers that we put up the last couple of years, I do think you have to tip your cap to Vita Vea on a lot of that. I mean, he was commanding double teams throughout and all that. But I do think that Ben Burkirvin, who's really emerged as kind of an all-conference candidate and middle linebacker for Washington, he's really fast. He's a sound tackler. Uh, he takes good routes. He's, he's just a smart, like, solid, good player. Um, and then you've got... Uh, Tevis Bartlett, who they kind of can move inside or outside um, at, at, on the linebacker side. And, you know, he's really emerged. These guys are all juniors and seniors. They're very experienced. So, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think they've had their best two games, but I expect them to come around, and I think that they will be um, effective for the rest of the season. And uh, I'm looking for them. I mean, the dogs are going to need them against Utah for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, and there's always a good running game when you talk about Utah. Uh, Cameron, is the pass blocking, I'm sorry, the run blocking uh, better? I mean, sometimes you have an offensive line that can't pass block or pass protect, but they can open gaps. Have you seen that so far? Um. I think they're both poor. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. <laughs> the, the line's just been been bad, Run, passing or running. I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative here. I'm just trying to call it as I see it. They're just they're not That's up to par. Negative. <laughs> I think the, the you know the biggest thing is with Troy Taylor coming on board um, last year they they've really tried to design more of a zone blocking scheme um, and a lot of these guys were recruited you know to run a, a power running game and more you know man on man blocking um, and and I think there's this is I don't know if it's not a, a good fit or if they're just not catching it mentally but. But yeah, I mean, I would love to say, oh, this blocking is better than that blocking. But so far, two games in, you can't say that. I, I have almost committed an international crime by not mentioning Miles Gaskin, you know, 15 minutes into this podcast about Washington. I mean, Miles Gaskin is one of the best running backs that, that's ever been on the field in the Pac-12, a four-year starter. I mean, the guy is just a monster. And you have a good backup here. Can you talk a little bit, Alex, about what makes uh, Gaskin so good and why his backup is so legit as well? It, and I got to throw this in. Where was Gaskin last game against North Dakota? Ah, you know, that, that's something that Peterson has had to answer a lot of questions for, not just this year, but in the last couple of years, especially when we played the softer non-conference opposition. He really is judicious about how he puts a, uh, in, 
gasped him in the game. He he kind of saves him for those big, uh, or for the conference games, or for the big out of conference games. So I, I don't I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Um, it's for, in terms of what makes Gaskin I think so effective. I, he's just so shifty and he can hit the accelerator so quickly. And in the college game, it just makes such a difference. I mean, you know, you just give him a little bit of a crease, and he finds finds somewhere to go. And I think a lot of fans in, in Seattle right now are, are kind of nervous, and because you know he hasn't really had uh, a big breakout uh, to start the season, especially in that North Dakota game, as Cameron mentioned. But um, I am not worried about him in the long term. And I think the Washington offensive line has showed up better than I would have suspected if you told me Trey Adams was going to miss the season. So I, I, that running game is not something I'm really concerned about. Is So Trey Adams is out the whole season. Is Hunter Bryant still like wandering around? Well, yeah. They, Peterson's really quiet on Bryant. I, I don't think we're going to know until he literally just puts on a uniform and shows up one, one day. So that one I'm, I'm just kind of keeping a bookmark on I'm going to look for later Adams. They're saying he basically uh, had recovered from that ACL, but they said something had happened with his back. They were pretty mum about it going into the Auburn game. Cause I don't think they wanted to tip off their opponent, but uh, he didn't get on the plane and he had back surgery. And I think he's expected to miss the entire season at this point. Although Peterson has got into a couple of nasty uh, back and forth with local reporters about that issue so he doesn't want people asking about it <laughs> nothing like having your coach fight with the media i feel like that's a trend that is uh, accelerating and cannot be stopped um you know let's right. let's talk about the opposite side here with uh cameron your linebacking core i thought that that was probably the biggest weakness of uh the utah defense coming into the season i know that that you had the byu transfer come in so that's probably a good thing how does that linebacking core look and do you have the horses there to stop uh, not just Miles uh, Miles Gaston, but is it Savon Ahmed? How do you how do you pronounce that, Alex? Salvan Ahmed. Yeah. Salvan Ahmed. Okay, they, who is quite good? <laughs> yeah, so I think Utah's linebackers. I totally agree with you, Brian. I think going in the season, a lot of question marks, um, but they've actually proven to be maybe could be the best position group on the defense for Utah this year. Oh. Uh, Chase, Chase Hansen has just been playing lights out, uh, converted safety in linebacker, and and he still kind of plays like, you know, kind of that free safety uh, consistently around the ball um, every play. And and even Cody Barton, who's had a lot of question marks about his career on what kind of player he could be, has really made a big step this this past season. And you mentioned Francis Bernard, the transfer from BYU, he can't even get on the field right now. Oh, snap. And, you know, <laughs> two, two months ago, everyone was thought that he could be starting if, if the transfer went through. Yeah. yeah, and be the guy. Like, that. that is crazy. And that speaks very highly of the uh, the ability to really get that, that core up and, and coach up those kids. That's pretty exciting. Um, let's talk special teams here. Okay, so, like, I am uh, – I, I am a fan of Mitch Wisnowski, and uh, I think you guys have a, a really good special teams. But it seems like the coverage has been like, eh, like okay. How, how is that special teams looking right now? It's it's been really fluky the last two games. We've had Utah's had two blocked field goal attempts in week. They had one in week one, and then the second one this last week. And I think the last one that was blocked before that was like 2012. Um, so, so really weird to even have, for Utah to have one and then have it have one back to back games. 
I mean, it's more than than just one mishaps. And then the same thing with a muffed punt. They had one against Weber, and they had another one against Northern Illinois. And so these things that, you know, you could always hang a star on with Utah's special teams – it's actually starting to give me a little heartburn, I have to admit, when they run out there now. <laughs> well, you talk about heartburn, Alex, can, uh, he has a ton of tums there uh, from last year <laughs> with uh, the kicker problem over there. Now, I'm not going to lie, Alex, I was watching the, I watched the whole Auburn-Washington game, and uh, your your kicker goes up, and, I, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and of course, he shanks it, and I'm like, oh no, is this going to be a problem? Has it been a problem since then? I just, uh, excuse me for not watching the North Dakota, uh, you know, Little Sisters of the Poor game. <laughs> that was going on there no I, I think you're right everyone's heart was a little bit of flutter and and in fact i i think i've uh, i'm still finding some gray hairs that i popped uh last year watching our kickers but peyton henry who's the freshman who's kind of won the job over the incumbent van soderberg there he's been pretty solid i mean he did make four field goals in um or sorry three field goals and then an extra point in that uh auburn game and he did miss one you're right. And one of his makes the hit the crossbar and <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Uh, hit, the, hit the post and then, and then like barely rack, ratcheted in. Right. So yeah, I think fans were a little bit nervous. I'd say that those nerves are calmed a little bit on the kicking side of things. Um, I, I do think though, that for, for in terms of special teams, kickoffs have been a little bit of a problem. Uh, Henry isn't the guy who does kickoffs and they just have not been able to get the ball uh, down the field. Um, and, and, and yeah, to make matters worse, our, our punter, Joel Whitford, um, has some kind of undisclosed, uh, leg injury. So they are, they're already into their backup punter is a guy named race Porter who can kick it far, but he kicks it pretty low and they just have not figured out the coverage on that. So yeah, special teams have been shaky, but not where you would have expected going into the season. Okay. Alex, do you have any questions for Cameron? Well, Cameron, I'm wondering if you think Tyler Huntley is going to be the guy that can lead the Utah Utes down the field if they're uh, losing a tight game and they need a touchdown drive. You know, that's a great question, and I think one that Utah fans are even asking themselves two years now with Huntley. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know. At times, yeah. he at times he looks like he's phenomenal that he could compete to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league and then you know the next series he looks just like an average quarterback in the league um so so i think that's that you know that's a terrific question i I wish i could answer for you but we haven't seen it okay okay that's never good (laughs) especially against a team like washington uh cameron you have any questions for alex yeah so chris peterson has always had winningham's number even going back to Boise State, what is it about Chris Peterson and the program he runs that just he makes it so dang hard to beat him and everyone hates him? <laughs> well, I didn't know that everybody hated him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it's because they can't beat that him. That's he, why they hate him. Well, yeah, that, that's always how I felt about Chip Kelly, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think Peterson is just a guy who's he's really into details and he's really into the finer points of the game. And he, you know, just he gets these guys up for big games. I know they haven't always won. They haven't always played, but up, uh, you know, to the to their best. But 
I do think that they do get up to these games, and then when we when we haven't won those games, it's more of a talent issue than a coaching issue, in my opinion. And so I think against a Whittingham team, I think he says, "Hey, we're going to play the tape. These guys are good. They know what they're doing. You can't, you know, not show up in a game like this." So he he is going to have them ready to play this game. The question is, you know, it comes down to the last play or the last series like it did last season you know do you get the ball to bounce your way and do you get those breaks i think that's what this game is going to come down to on saturday right on are we uh anything else you guys want to cover do we miss any glaring points here i think we're good i'm excited to get this one kicked off yeah it's gonna be fun game all right time to put our money where our mouth is utah is a six point underdog beware the home dog beware of the home dog uh cameron do you think that uh, utah has what it takes to at least cover that and or win it I think they have what it takes to cover winning. I just, I don't. And especially with Utah's track record against Washington, you know, since they've joined the league, I think they're one and four against them. And, and like I said, Chris Peterson has had winning hands number going back to Boise state. So until Utah can prove that they can beat Washington, I'm, I'm going to pick the Huskies every time. Okay. And Alex, at altitude on the road, wow. that stadium's going to be rocking. I know. Like, I, I, six points is could be a lot. That's asking a lot of a team to play a coach, a, a well coached team that knows Washington um, and has played well against them. Uh, do you think you, you think you got what it takes to cover? I think six is a lot of points, man. I, I think that, that, you know, when we kind of cover these gambling spreads i kind of factor in that maybe washington or a usc or whatever always gets a point or two uh that they might maybe don't deserve and we always think utah is kind of you know the team that doesn't get the point or two that they do deserve so i am i i think that's a lot on the line but honestly you know i i do think washington i think this is going to be a good season for them i think they're ready for this game they've already played across the country um and I, yeah, I, I expect them to come out and give it their best. And, and, and when they do that, I do expect them to win. And I, I really just think it comes down to, I think their defense is going to be really tough on Tyler Huntley. And that's, you know, the, the X factor in the game, I think. Oh yeah. And before we wrap it up, I like almost skipped over the, the secondary for Washington. Did we go, did we get into that yet? Well, not too much, but I mean, yeah, they, they haven't really set the world on fire in this, in these first two weeks, but I mean, they have the talent and especially, uh, especially at the corner position, you know, if, if you get if teams without big, tall receivers, I think we can, we, we do a lot to really swallow those guys up. I think we, where we have trouble is with those tall receiver metrics. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. So the Utah man podcast and iTunes, Google play tune and radio, you name it. They're there. Uh, camera, where can they find you on Twitter? At Utah Man Podcast. Yeah, fine. And an excellent follow, by the way. You guys do a great job, you know, just letting people know what's going on on the Utah front. And then the Dog Pod, same thing, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, you name it, they're there. And where can people find the, the Dog Pod, uh, Alex? D-A-W-G-P-O-D, Dog Pod on Twitter. Right on. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, everybody for tuning in to 12-Pack Radio. We will continue trying to get you uh, kind of unique conversations like this as we go throughout the season. And uh, let's let's all uh, look forward to a great week. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Alex. And go Utes. Go dogs.